Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to episode five of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. This episode is for my smokers. You guys are my favorite people. And I think that you gathered that in episode one when I was talking about the smoker's identity and how I said that you are all motherfucking badasses. And I mean that with like every fiber of my being. I think that you guys are great. But I know that most smokers, all smokers, let's be real, all smokers want to become non-smokers. They want to become former smokers. And so a lot of people, when they begin the process of quitting smoking, think, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to avoid the bar. I am going to not drink because I want to not smoke. And when I drink, I smoke at the same time. So I'm going to just avoid drinking so that I can avoid smoking. So I'm sure that you have probably had that thought process if you're trying to quit smoking. And I'm going to tell you something. You are wrong. (laughs) Everything you know is wrong. That is a wrong thought process to have. And I'm going to give you all the science as to why it's wrong. I have so many people talk to me about this. They say it to me all the time. I'm not drinking right now because, because I'm not smoking. I'm trying to stop smoking, so I can't be drinking. So here's what inevitably happens with these people. They decide that they're not going to drink until they think that they are free of their cigarette addiction. And then they go to the bar and they have a couple of drinks and then their inhibitions fly out the window and then they have one cigarette. And then the thought process changes from I'm a non-smoker to, well, I guess I'm just going to smoke when I drink. I mean, how could that hurt? I mean, I only drink a couple of days. And then what happens? You know, the next time they drink, they have a couple of cigarettes, and then all of a sudden they're full-fledged back into the addiction. They're buying a pack the next day, and then it's a pack a day, and then they're like, oh, how did I lose track of this? How did I lose control? How did this happen to me? And this is this is so many people. Because drinking, you know, drinking does make you lose those inhibitions, and the bar is a trigger. It's a trigger for people to want to smoke. But you shouldn't avoid the bar, because avoiding the bar is actually making it a lot worse, and you're not even really realizing why. So I'm here to explain to you all of that science. Okay, so the first thing that you guys have to understand is the science of nicotine. Nicotine is out of your system, your bloodstream, in one to three days. And certain tests will pick it up after about 10 days. And then depending on the the, the level of testing, you know, you might even be able to detect it a little bit longer than that. But ultimately, one to three days, that's the, that's the extent of nicotine working its way out of your bloodstream and you and your physical addiction. Your physical addiction to cigarettes is over relatively quickly. And as I mentioned in my first podcast, The Smoker's Identity, the psychological addiction to cigarettes takes way longer to rewire. There are all sorts of things that you have done to wire smoking into every single habit that you have and every single facet of your identity and every single thing that you do. 
So let's talk about some examples of things that might make you want to smoke cigarettes. Do you want to smoke cigarettes when you get in your car to go for a long drive? Is that hard for you? Like if you were going for a long drive, would you have trouble not smoking? Because when I was driving a car, I, de I definitely had a hard time not getting in the car not not smoking. Uh, same thing with like after a meal would be a, a good example um, or possibly being on the phone, having a long phone conversation. I know I fucking pace left and right, back and forth. And when I used to smoke, I used to be smoking when I was pacing left and right, back and forth. And these are all things that are not necessarily because my body is physically needing nicotine. These are just habits that I have begun to associate smoking with. And they were created over time. Now, here's an interesting thing. When I went to New York, I moved to New York from Pennsylvania, some of the, the habits that I began to break happened with that almost right away. I mean, I wasn't driving anymore, so naturally I wasn't smoking while I was driving, but there were little things. Like in Pennsylvania, I was allowed to take cigarette breaks at my job, and in New York, I wasn't allowed to do that anymore. And I thought to myself, oh my God, these fucking sadists. Like, how am I supposed to go eight hours without a cigarette? But yet, a couple months into it, I didn't even think about having a cigarette during those eight hours. So that was obviously a psychological thing with me that I thought I had to smoke and that I couldn't go eight hours without a cigarette. But after doing it for a short period of time, it wasn't it wasn't a thing that I that I had programmed into my routine. So a lot of times, a lot of these things that you're doing are triggers that you have programmed and you don't even really realize that you're doing it. My move to New York actually would have been a really opportune time for me to quit altogether because it was a brand new environment. And I would have probably had very little trouble just abandoning my cigarette addiction. I actually have a friend. He, he lived in New York. I knew him there. And then he moved to a new city. And when he did, he quit smoking just, just easily. He'd smoked a long time. I mean, he'd smoked for years. But taking the environment and changing it and putting himself in a new place, he found it easy to walk away from his cigarette addiction. And had I done that when I had changed my environment, I would have found it easy to walk away from my cigarette addiction. There are a lot of things in your environment that are causing you to want to smoke. But here's, here's the thing. We all just can't pick up and move out of our fucking house when we want to quit smoking. Like we can't just say, oh, I don't want to smoke anymore. So I'm going to move from New York City down to Kansas. Like that's not how it works. So what do you have to do? You have to start doing the active work to break your psychological addiction to cigarettes. If you can't uproot your whole life, you got to at least uproot the weeds. So just so you guys know, this is not something that I figured out on my own overnight. Like I put 18 years into trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with my addiction so that I could leave it behind. So I want to just give you guys a frame of reference on this. In 2012, NPR's Morning Edition did a really great feature. And I actually didn't hear it uh, live on the radio. I read an article. They published a print article in addition. And I read that. And I read that back in 2012 when the article was relatively new. This is how, how long I've been thinking. I didn't quit smoking until 2018. So six years later, six years after I had the knowledge that I learned from the article in my back pocket. But NPR did a really great feature on the science of behavior. And they talked about soldiers in the Vietnam War. And this is really fascinating. So a lot of people in the Vietnam War were addicted to heroin. All right. And a lot of these soldiers about I think they said like 20 percent of people considered themselves addicts. Now, heroin 
we we hear about heroin all the time. Heroin addicts relapse all the time, right? If if they didn't, then this wouldn't be such a huge problem in our society. Opiate addiction is such a fucking huge problem. So in the Vietnam War, there were all these people that were addicted to heroin. So this is all coming from that article from NPR. And by the way, I'll put a link to the article just to cite it uh, in the comments of this podcast so that you guys can check it out. But the article basically says that the people that were allowed to dry out in Vietnam before they were brought back to the United States, 95% of those soldiers did not relapse when they got back to the United States. That is a crazy ridiculously high number. 95% of those soldiers did not relapse when they got back to the United States. Why? Why? Why didn't they? Isn't that amazing? So they talked about it and they talked about the powerful mental cues that come from our environments, that 45% of the behavior that we do is just automatic and happens. And there is, it's associated with the environment that we're in. I have a friend that talks about Uh, someone in their life that was addicted to heroin and the person would often have a trigger of a certain street corner in the city that that they lived in and that's really common like that's really common with with addicts of of any and any sort and the article uh, that NPR did the feature piece did talk about cigarette smokers and how the front of an office building can produce a strong mental cue for the smoker to smoke a cigarette. Isn't that interesting? So I'm going to tell you guys about my experiences when I was quitting. There were times where towards the end, and now remember, I I had to go through this for years of just rewiring because I didn't even really know that I was doing it. I talk about when I moved to New York and not being able to take cigarette breaks at work, but there were just little things that I would rewire here and there. And towards the end of it, it was that I didn't smoke on my days off. I had eliminated the the pull to smoke on my days off and I would go through whatever withdrawals I was going through on my days off. And then, you know, it would be about, even if I had two or three days off, I wouldn't smoke. Isn't that, but As soon as I would get to my job on Monday, what would happen? I would see the front of the building and I would be like, oh, my God, I want a cigarette. Like, and I would stand there and it, and it would be, it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming that I would want a cigarette. And why didn't I want it two hours before that? Why didn't I want it the day before? But I always wanted it standing outside of the building of my, of my work. And I would see the newsstand on the street and I almost like I couldn't control my own actions. I would walk and I would buy a cigarette and I would light one. And the bar, the bar was no different. The bar was a space where I would go to smoke. And I felt the pull to smoke when I was at the bar. Of course, I felt it stronger after I'd been drinking, but I definitely felt the pull to smoke when I was there. So when I was quitting smoking, it was very important for me to start rewiring all of those things. And knowing that nicotine is out of your system within one to three days, you should know one month later when you're still feeling the urge to smoke outside of your office building that that is your psychological addiction. And one by one, I had to take these things. Now for you, it might be your car. You might get in your car and you might want to smoke. And you might feel that pull to smoke every single day. But eventually, you will fucking overpower the feeling. It will happen. Because eventually, when you put yourself in the environment of your car and you're not smoking, eventually, over time, the new behavior will be, I don't smoke in my car. Your brain, your brain will, your brain's so smart. Your brain will rewire itself. That behavior and its concept of what behavior you do at that time 
will change. You know, you hear the bullshit statistic. This is not a real statistic, by the way. There is uh, there's research to debunk this. But there was this old statistic that was like, oh, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Okay, now now they've done research saying it actually just depends on how long you did the habit. But a rough estimate is, yeah, it's going to take a, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months for you to be able to change your habits. For me, that cigarette outside of my work, it took me. That was the last standing habit that I had left to rewire in my brain. And it took me nearly three months to do it. The bar, believe it or not, only took a couple of weeks. But the standing outside of my job because I did it the longest. I did it the longest. So the habits that you've done the longest are going to be the last ones to go. So if you, for example, have a cigarette after a meal and you've done that for 20 fucking years, you're probably going to want to have one after a meal for the, you know, the the longest. Like, whereas if you just have a cigarette, you know, sometimes when you're on the phone, but you don't always, then, you know, maybe, maybe that'll only take maybe a week or two for you to kind of get your brain to, to think, okay, we don't do this anymore. But what you've done the longest is going to stick with you the longest. So let's go back to the bar. Why shouldn't you avoid the bar when you're trying to quit smoking? Because you smoke there. So remember, nicotine's out of your system within one to three days, right? So you have to Put yourself in the environment to be able to change how your brain associates what behaviors you do with the environment that you do them in. So for you to become used to the environment without smoking, then you have to put yourself in the environment without smoking. So if you decide that you're quitting smoking and you're going to avoid the bar, well, are you quitting drinking too? Because... Listen, I I advocate for everybody to quit drinking. I think that that's great. But let's be fair. Like a lot of you that are quitting smoking don't really want to quit drinking. And and that's fine. Like I'm not saying, hey, everybody quit drinking. But if you're not quitting drinking, if you're only trying to quit smoking and you're not quitting drinking, then there's no reason that you should be avoiding the drinking. Because the truth is you are going to drink again. And when you do go back to that environment, you are going to want a cigarette. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter how long you stay off of cigarettes. The second you go back into that environment, you're going to want one because your brain associates that environment with smoking. Your brain associates going to the bar with smoking cigarettes. So you could decide that you're not going to go to that bar for a month, two months. When you go back there, your brain is going to say, I want to smoke. So the best way for you to not want to smoke in that environment is for you to put yourself in that environment as a non-smoker as much as possible. It's fucking hard, but it is not impossible. I actually found it far easier than some of the other habits that I had to break when I was quitting. And I would go to the bar and I love to drink and I didn't just drink lightly like I did shots. I drank a lot of fucking beer. I was throwing them back. I was out late. Like, baby, I was in it. And I was a smoker and it was hard. But I thought, you know what? I am going to put myself in this environment and I'm going to stay in that environment as many times as I possibly can do it until I can say, okay, I can come to this environment and not feel this way anymore. Now, if you guys are trying to stop drinking too, I mean, I am all about that. But I will tell you that I advocate very much for trying to stop doing one habit at a time. So if you're trying to quit smoking, that is single-handedly the hardest thing that I have ever done. And I've run a 26.2-mile race in 80-degree heat. So let me tell you, quitting smoking was probably the hardest thing that I've, that I've ever done. 
don't try to quit drinking at the same time. Do yourself the favor. Like, take care of yourself. If you're trying to quit smoking, don't say, okay, I'm also going to not go to the bar anymore. Like, don't, just be realistic about it. You know, be realistic about what you're trying to do. And again, most people that are, that are here on my podcast trying to quit smoking, they're not necessarily trying to quit drinking also. And if they are, you know, cool, but let's take it one thing at a time. And if you're one of those people that is trying to quit smoking and you're not trying to quit drinking, you got to go to the bar. I mean, you got to you got to figure out how to have the life that you have right now but without cigarettes. So you deciding that you're not going to drink because you don't want to smoke, like let's be real. You're going to drink in your life, right? So the longer you decide that you are going to wait to not smoke or you know to be in that environment and have to deal with your your quit you're gonna have to deal with it eventually you're going to be in a situation where you're going to want to drink and you are going to want a cigarette you got to practice you got to put yourself in the position where you can practice just like everything else in your life just like when you're trying to eat right you're going to go around your friends. You're going to go to restaurants. So what do you do? You have to get used to that, right? So it's the same thing with quitting smoking. So I'm going to give you guys some some pointers about going to the bar. First of all, I don't know if you've thought of this, but chances are there is a large part of your smoking while you're drinking that has... I mean, some of it probably has to do with the regulation of your sobriety. So remember, nicotine is a stimulant. So it probably makes you feel, at least in the short term, that you are less drunk, yeah, that, that, that's real. Like it, it made me feel like I was less drunk, but in reality, it's just speeding you up, you know? So I would say that first and foremost, and this is just, just to start, I would say to be more conscious of your drinking when you are out, take it slow, be very, very conscious and cognizant of your sobriety level when you're out. The second thing that I would say, once you've got a good handle on that, my guess is you enjoy the break from the bar, unless you live in one of those weird states where you can still smoke inside. And I know that there are some states where you can do that, but my guess is you probably live in a state where you can't smoke in bars. And if you can't smoke in bars, my guess is you really like the break. You probably really like going outside with your friends to have a cigarette, going outside with the company that you're with to have a cigarette. And if you're a smoker, my guess is you probably have a lot of friends that are smokers. If you don't have friends that are smokers, this is going to be a hell of a lot easier because then they're not going outside anyway. But if you have friends that are smokers, here's my advice. Go outside with them. If they're going out to smoke, go out with them. You're not going to want it because you're, you're a non-smoker. Put it in your mind. I don't smoke. And go outside because what you're used to is the break. So as you're sitting there in your bar stool, you're feeling anxious because you not only have the ritual of smoking a cigarette, but you're used to the break. You're used to the break from the conversation. Like you're sitting with somebody and they might be droning on about something that you don't care about. And in previously, you got to break from the environment and go outside. And that was kind of like your little respite because we've all been there. You know, we're sitting at a bar with a couple of people and then somebody decides that they want to show you, you know, 10 pictures of their vacation that you didn't go on and you don't care about. And you're like, all right, well, you know, I can use this as an opportunity to go have a cigarette. And then when I come back in, that person's going to be talking to someone else. Don't tell me that you haven't been in that position because that's real, man. I mean, we've all been in that position. We're like, oh God, like I don't want to be talking to this person right now. What am I going to do? Take the break. Go outside. If somebody's going, go with them. Go with them outside. 
even if nobody is going, even if you don't have friends that smoke, take a minute to just go outside. Breathe the air outdoors. Give yourself the break. Slowly wean yourself off of that time that you spend away because that is as much a part of you at the bar and your ritual and your routine at the bar as the cigarettes are. Now, eventually, you're going to feel less inclined to want to smoke at all. I mean, you're going to maybe even feel less inclined to go take those breaks. But if you're trying not to smoke and you're also compounded with the whole, okay, like I'm used to taking breaks at this point, then that's a double whammy for you. So you can't avoid the bar entirely because you're not going to be avoiding the bar in, in the rest of time. Like unless you're trying to stop drinking again, which again, I would say take it one thing at a time. But unless you're trying to eventually stop drinking, my guess is you're going to be going back to the bar. So you have to get used to the bar. You have to get used to the bar without cigarettes as much as you have to get used to being on the phone, being in your car, standing in front of your office, everything else. You have to be able to do it. So the best way to do it is to just rip off the Band-Aid. You have to put yourself in the position so eventually the new normal of that environment is going to be, when I go to this environment, I do not smoke. Now for me, it took about maybe three or four weeks. I think that, that that's about it. It might have taken maybe a little over a month, most five weeks. I was able to say, okay, I don't do this anymore. When I'm at the bar, I don't I don't function this way. And it's a process. You know, it's a process that you have to put active work into because unlike my move to New York, which I botched terribly, and unlike my friend's move to a new city where he was able to quit, we can't all just uproot our fucking environment every time we want to quit something. We have to take the environment that we're used to and we have to spend time changing the way that we think about those spaces and yeah, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. But I'll tell you what, you are a badass, badass individual. I have said that since the beginning. I think smokers are just the greatest people. And you deserve to be at the bar with your friends. And you don't deserve to be avoiding your life because you are trying not to smoke. Like, go outside on a cigarette break. Enjoy the cigarette break. You don't need to be a smoker to go and enjoy the fabulous conversation that takes place outside in those smoker cigarette break circles. Because I'll tell you what, I've met some of my best friends standing outside of buildings. And I have not stopped standing outside of those buildings with those friends. And I won't. I will never stop doing that. I haven't smoked a cigarette in almost three years, and I still stand outside of buildings with those people because I think smokers are the greatest people in the world. I think that they are wonderful. I think they're charismatic and dynamic, and I just think that they are so cool. But you don't have to smoke to be that way. That's just your personality. I said that in my first episode. I will say it every single time. So that's about all I have for today, guys. If you are looking for help quitting smoking and you need more resources, I have a lot of great articles on my blog at getthefuckoff.com. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on all social media, Twitter and Instagram at underscore getthefuckoff. Yes, I have fixed the Twitter situation. I am officially on Twitter at as this handle, 
with an underscore in the beginning. So underscore, get the fuck off on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. You can look for get the fuck off. I'm minus the U because Facebook somehow doesn't like swear words. I mean, that's okay. Who needs them, right? They're whatever. But yes, you can find me on all social media. You can subscribe. You can definitely go to getthefuckoff.com and get on my email list. And actually, if you go to my website, there is a couple of check boxes. So if you guys are looking for information on quitting smoking specifically, you can check that box and I'll make sure that more stop smoking content gets into your inbox. So you guys get more of the stuff that's specific to you. All right, guys, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you back here very, very soon. Take care, everybody.